Hello and welcome to another episode of Superhero Discussions. My name is Travis Hines, Travis underscore 156, and today I'm going to talk about The Road to Crisis, Part 1. I'm just going to, uh, some weeks I'll talk about the entire DCCW, this week I want to focus on The Road to Crisis from basically The Flash's Season 6, Episode 2, and The Arrow's 801. Um... I'm just going to jump right into this and the Flash season 6 episode 2. I really enjoyed the old newspaper clips and Barry's thoughts about the newspaper article and what was going to happen to him throughout the times they've seen it. And he's always believed that he will he was he just disappeared and he would just find his way back to Iris eventually even when he saw the 25 year uh, newspaper he didn't think he was dead he just thought he was still gone. So it's it that was pretty cool to see. I really enjoyed it. And there was just a couple. I'm going to touch on the side plots that don't have anything to do with Crisis. Just very quickly. F- Killer Frost having a hard time adjusting to, to the outside world. Having a hard time showing empathy. Uh, just being nice to people not being cruel. She learned what guilt uh, feels like. Uh, she was ragging on all the artists' work. Even though she secretly wanted to be an artist. And probably did something that was worse than all the ones that they did. But it was nice for her to know that. That and I really enjoyed Cecile's powers and Cecile's little storyline because everyone was against her saying that she was wrong, but she trusted her gut, which is her powers in this sense, and basically saved saved a journalist that will become that is going to Iris's uh, paper. I guess we'll say going to work for Iris's paper. Uh, those were the just the little side story plots. But the main stuff revolved around uh, when the monitor told the Flash he was going to die last episode. Flash says he needs to see the crisis himself. See the day after he tries to go. But there's I want to make a big note of this. There's a big buildup of antimatter on December 10th, the day the Flash is supposed to die. So he can't get past his body. Can't get past it. He hits the antimatter wave and enters his shin. We'll say I think that's where it will hit. So it basically looks like you can see through his body. I guess without speed healing, he wouldn't have been able to get through. So he goes to see Jay Garrick, who is basically the smartest person in the multiverse when it comes to antimatter. So Jay tells him that although there's a big build-up, he has invented this thing, or his wife has, who looks just like Barry's mother, by the way. invented this thing so that he can his mind can go past it but his body can't so his mind goes past it and he sees the billions of possible futures and billions of possible earths and this gives him a Doctor Strange effect of like spasming out and too much information going to his brain which you know I thought that was a cool scene as well he sees the vision of his of his earth being destroyed Cisco being destroyed Caitlin being destroyed Ralph being destroyed Iris being destroyed um, I thought that was uh, thought that was great, great to see, and this will come back in Arrow to actually show us what was going on. I will just implore people watch, use the air dates as a guide to what to watch. Don't go watching Arrow before Flash. Don't go watching Flash. Don't go watching Flash after Arrow. Just let it all delve. Uh, let let it all go the way. Way it's intended because clearly from this it's better to watch the Flash than Arrow the way it's intended. So Jay whips out this multiverse map and 
I didn't see this. I don't know any person who saw this during the actual watch. I've seen a lot of people show it after when they've, uh, uh, after posting it on my timeline of that, but I didn't notice it during it only after that there's a map and it has Earth 2 and there's an arrow pointing down to it and it says Nick's antimatter wave. So that's a big important thing that I like for you to, to remember. So he barely got to recover from the billions of possible seeing all that. So also want to point one other thing before I go on. Uh, when we seen that vision of Earth exploding, Cisco was in full vibe gear. I'm just assuming Monitor's going to snap his fingers and will have, Cisco will have his powers back. I don't think there's going to be even any debate. He's going to be like, metahuman cure. Oh, and snap his fingers and Cisco's going to have his powers again. I think that's what that vision basically shows us. And it's also like Barry working with Jay and Jay's simply other, his mother and father basically. That was a nice thing to see that. And I love how Iris doesn't want Barry to accept his fate and lets him keep running and Barry's just like, eh, this is, this is what I, maybe this is why I was given powers and that. And Joe gives one of the best speeches in Flash in the last two years. Doesn't go against what Oliver said during the crossover last year of Barry needing a pep talk to do anything because he didn't do anything until after he got a pep talk. He was just wallowing in his own self-pity, but my God, it was a damn good pep talk. So... I, I love it. It just shows that Joe is much needed on this show. Tons of heart and Barry's storyline. I absolutely loved it. And who knows what's next. I just hope that there's more crossover goodness tonight. Moving on to Arrow 801, Starling City. Holy crap. This was the best premiere of any premiere in CW history. I... To date, anyway. I don't even know where to begin this is just so awesome those who are greater heroes are paragons that's one thing i like to point out i'm just assuming stephen amell's oliver queen is a paragon just to be a little bit higher than a hero uh there's some great things i'm just gonna riddle off some points here thea died because oliver wasn't around uh to stop green uh, stop i almost caught a green light again to stop vertigo um so she died and that caused Tommy to go all crazy Dark Archer mode. Um, so many callbacks to the pilot and to season one in general. Uh, we saw the fake Felicity that got me. I was kind of pissed, but loved it. Uh, Oliver making the dinner as uncomfortable with Malcolm and, and Moira as he did with Walter and Moira. Uh, great action scenes with two green arrows. Uh, Oliver's there to get steal Dwarf Star. Uh, for the monitor, because it's only available on this specific Earth, Earth Two, so that that's pretty cool. We we don't know that it's Earth Two right away until Oliver has a showdown with uh, the hood of this Earth, which when we last left was Robert Queen, although he was caught. So they ratcheted up, and it's Adrian Chase, and you're like, I knew it when they showed his mouth talking immediately. Actually, I kind of, after watching the Arrow trailer about 5,200 times, <laughs> the season 8 one that I loved that showed the seven other seasons, uh, I pretty much knew him looking over the 
dwarf stared, you could almost see the green of his costume. And I kind of had a hunch that what he would be. But it was still cool. Cool to see uh, Black Canary be the Black Canary. I wish she always was on on Earth 1. And she was so badass how she stopped that arrow and just looked and said, Albert, what are you doing on my Earth? That was wicked. Loved that. Loved her look. Loved it. Loved the Canary Cave. Uh, she's really stepping up as a hero on this Earth. Adrian Chase is saying stuff like Pretty Bird, which is something Oliver Queen always says. They're clearly dating. Um, so I can imagine how she'll feel after we get to the end of this episode. I thought the Dark Archer was definitely Timely Merlin after Oliver said the Dark Archer is definitely Malcolm Merlin. And we get to probably my favorite scene of the whole episode. When Oliver meets Earth 2 Diggle. Or so he thinks he's meeting Earth 2 Diggle. Everything happens the same. Albert having a lot of stage on video. He gets in, chits at chit chats with him, asks him who what he should call him. He says, Diggle, my friends call me Dig, or you can call me Dig. And then he just like look at him like, Oh, I'm gonna get you again, man. I'm gonna get you again. Same way. And he reaches down to get up and there's nothing. The door's locked. He can't bail out like he did in the first first season. And he looks up. Diggle's like, sorry dude, you already got me with that once before. And he does a double take, realizing that this is Earth 1 Diggle. Diggle has come and found him because... Just going to give you some friendly life advice. Find yourself a friend. Find yourself one friend. At least one buddy. Who's as good to you as Diggle is to Oliver. Diggle is the best buddy. The best brother. The He's the man. And I just love... This relationship is only second to me to Oliver and Barry's relationship for the whole Arrowverse. Uh, Love the bromances. <laughs> and this one's no different. It was really cool. And just some really good, really quality Oliver and Diggle scenes as they talk back and forth until Oliver lets him help him. But there was a one other cool scene where he catches him in the headlock and chokes him out to, to go off and do his own thing. And uh, he's like, you always fall for this. Love that. Love that. There's just so much homage to season one and even season five. Oliver's quip to Adrian. Maybe I'm just ten steps ahead of you. I was like, yes, use this word against them. Uh, Oliver's costume is amazing. I thoroughly love it. I think it's like the best of season one and the rest of the seasons combined. And there's that many green lights going around Diggle when he's suited up in this episode. I honestly thought they were at a rave. Green light going from his green light coming into his mask somehow. It looked like he was coming down, and the green light come from his gun. So I mean, like if you don't make green dig into Green Lantern, I'm pretty sure Brant from Fans of the Borders will riot. And by riot, I mean riot yes he may go and punch Mark Guggenheim in the face because this has been teased uh, why did I say since season 3 of Arrow when they saw Jordan on the jacket and Flash to season 1 with the hanger like this has been teased for a while so I don't know why just make him Green Lantern and everyone will be happy so after they get the Dwarf Star, they take down Tommy. Oliver gives him some impassionate speech, and Tommy does the right thing. And they they get the Dwarf Star. 
They're getting ready to leave with Diggle's breach thing. That's how he got there. And Laurel comes in and says the uh, the city's under the attack, under attack, and Diggle's by who? And then we see the antimatter wave coming in, taking and destroying everybody, destroying evil, uh, Dinah and Renee, destroying Albert's mother, which such heartbreak, and destroying Tommy. And Albert got to watch his mother and his best friend die yet again. Like, dude, can never catch any breaks. So tough being Green Arrow, man. It's just, just, just so tough. But they breach out of there just in the nick of time, which will go back to my point when I was talking about the Flash. Jay Garrick showed us the map, literally saying that this is what was going to happen. So, just so cool. Loved it. Hoping we get a Barry Oliver scene sometime soon. I need them to chat it out. I need them to talk it out. Even just, you know, both of them visit by the monitor, maybe compare notes a little bit. Love this scene. Love this episode. Like I said, best premiere I've ever seen for DCCW. Leaves off on such a high note of Earth 2 being destroyed, which, you know, Earth 2 was the one of the coolest episodes of Flash to me was the journey to Earth 2, the two-parter. So, anybody and everybody you knew there is gone, kids. Gone. I think... Jesse Quick is down Earth 3 being, uh, for filling in for Jay Garrick. She's safe. Here somewhere else, HR is pretty damn intelligent and does have the breaching technology. He was given that when he left. He can be safe. Doppelganger Barry and Iris, and then you think you guys are dead. So yeah, that's just, that's the same Earth that Zoom's on. I can feel for Laurel, her entire family everything i know that's not going to go over well in the next episode i can assume she's going to be pissed for a while but you know you got to be able to come over for your uh, green arrow and the canary spinoff and this is what's going to do it but just going to say it's going to give her so much more backstory when they do start that show that she got this much this weight on her shoulders so this grief that she got to deal with so that's the road to crisis part one uh Hopefully there'll be another episode tonight. Uh, if they're connected to the crisis as much as I think they are, I'm assuming I'll be talking about Arrow regardless because that's pretty much the uh, the crisis show. So the extension of crisis right now, but Flash is deep in it too. So I'll be back. Maybe I'll recap the entire DCCW. That was the plan last week until uh, my mother contacted me while I was recording. Caused my phone to pretty much spasm when I was about 29 minutes into a 32 minute recording. I lost all the recording. <laughs> Wanted to throw the phone at the wall. Just couldn't bring myself to say the same things again for another 29 minutes. It was terribly frustrating. So yeah, I, I want to thank I want to thank Philip on Twitter because Philip Philip Barker because his. Uh, comment to me when I said or his reply to me when I tweeted out today was crisis day was road to crisis the flash and arrow part number two for tonight and I, that just gave me the idea to do that for this a little quicker and talking about two shows that I love the most on DCCW but yeah crisis is coming crisis is imminent that was my best monitor I gotta work on that let me know on Travis Travis underscore 156 on Twitter. What you guys think of the crisis so far? Things are heating up. 